Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman. I am mom to Skylar, who is an incredible adult son with severe nonverbal autism. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast four years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. In sharing the many relatable caregiver stories and experiences, I hope that you never feel like you have to travel your parenting journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my Facebook page, Welcome to My Life, Skylar's World, or Instagram, Welcome to My Life, underscore Lori Hellman, and let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, could I ask a favor that you please leave a rating and a written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season four of Living the Sky Life. Happy Thursday, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Tiffany Hammond. She is the voice behind the Instagram page, Fidgets and Fries. Tiffany is an autistic mother and advocate. She is a storyteller who uses her own personal experiences with autism and her parenting of two autistic boys to guide others on their journey. Tiffany's activism is rooted in challenging the current perception of autism being a lifelong burden. Tiffany has her master's degree in developmental psychology from Liberty University. Tiffany also is um, a published author. Her book, her children's book, will be released in the early part of May. So that book is actually called A Day With No Words. So you'll want to go out to Amazon and check that out. So please enjoy my conversation with Tiffany Hammond. Welcome back to another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Tiffany Hammond from the popular Instagram account, Fidgets and Fries. Um, I'm excited to unpack a lot of her family story. She is a very accomplished woman um, raising two handsome boys, both on the spectrum. So um, Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I've followed you for a long time and I'm like, I just really want to get to know her more, (laughs) especially since your (laughs) children's book is coming out soon, which we're going to talk about also. Um, I thought, what a perfect time. So um, (laughs) you have quite quite a story um, or journey really throughout your whole life. Um, I know that you are on the spectrum as well, and you're very open Mm -hmm. about that. Um, So before we kind of talk about the boys, I just kind of want to hear a little bit about your journey. If you knew that you were on the spectrum early in life, or if that's something that came later in life for you and how that all happened. Oh, that was definitely like later in life, not not too much later. (laughs) Like, um, you know, growing up, you just, kind of knew you were different, Mm -hmm. but you didn't know really what way. You just felt like you were just shy or, well, other people felt you were shy. Like you didn't really like, you know, give yourself a label. I'm talking about myself and like, like I'm not me, but I know but what you mean. It's though, like, yeah. it's like, um, you grew up in a, in a, in a, in a community where, you know, people who had mental health struggles or, mm-hmm. um, diagnoses, they like, they, you hide that or you Mm -hmm. you hide that person um and there's a lot of layers to why that is um 
and we can be here all day talking about that but yeah. it was just like you didn't really show that anything was different about you or you didn't bring attention to yourself mm -hmm. and so I just kind of went through life like that <laughs> just yeah. you know kind of um finding what worked for me finding mm -hmm. uh ways to give off the appearance that I was trying to make friends or I had friends or um trying to join things that kind of like played up my strengths or but at the time I didn't know that's what I was doing mm -hmm. so you of like kind of look back and you're like oh okay wow um I was diagnosed when I was 18. Oh, okay. And um, it was suspected earlier, um, but, you know, you can't really carry diagnoses that you don't really understand. Sure. And I think that was from the perspective of my, of my parents. It was already kind of shocking that I had a diagnosis of depression at like 14 mm -hmm. and a severe anxiety and then on top of that throwing something like Asperger's which that mm -hmm. was what it was back then it was just like I guess they were thinking she didn't need any more else on top <laughs> of that yeah so it was just depression and severe anxiety and then um some therapy and medication mm -hmm. um then I went to college at 18 and had a pretty big meltdown or what people would call meltdowns um over I lost a pin and it was it was it was the most raggedy pin ever it only worked sometimes it was cracked <laughs> in like four places and it had a but it had a troll topper I was so big into trolls when I was younger and it had a troll topper and couldn't find that topper anywhere. It's, it's, you know, but the pin like held a lot of like the comforting uh, to you? significance. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was like a, I don't know how to describe it. It was like a totem for me. It was like something where I like, I would like place all of like the feelings that I had or the bad feelings that I would just try to channel it. I put it into that pin and um, it would make me feel better. And I lost it on the day I had an exam and it was a test I knew I was gonna pass. I like, it was just, but I didn't go cause I couldn't find the pen and I knew I wasn't gonna write with it but it needed to be there. And I lost the pen. I had a meltdown, it was bad. And I just stayed in my room for like two days. I didn't go to any classes. I didn't go and I didn't eat. I didn't, I barely got up to even go to the bathroom half the time. It was just like, what? But I, I think I eventually came out of that um, state and I needed a, I needed a, a, a note um, for missing the exam so I could retake it. And at the school, 
I don't know if it's still like that way at all universities or whatever. For ours, it was like it was easier to get into psych services than mm-hmm. it was to get into the to the uh, you know the regular clinic yeah. on there. So I was like, you just they're like you just go in and do a walk in and say, hey, you know, you had this going on and you get to know. And that's how I thought it was gonna be. I was gonna go in. I was gonna sign the sign in sheet. I was gonna talk to them for a little bit and they'll you know give me my my note I'll be on my way you know so I'm sitting here talking to the psychiatrist for about 15 20 minutes and then he just stops and then he's like has anybody ever told you about Asperger's <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like what you know so I'm like I don't even want to be here for this I need a note so I can take tests and I you know won't fail and then after that it was just I was like okay it was just give me my note because that's all I'm thinking about is just giving my note mm-hmm. and I don't know what he said, but it probably, he probably gave me a lot more information than what I remember, but I only remember that I need to just, I just, if I do go through this, I'll get my note. That's all I'm like thinking. I know he said more than, I know he was talking about, you know, hey, you got to go through the, this is an evaluation. If you sign this, this is this, and this is just option, but I'm not thinking that. I'm like one track. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going through this, I get my, my note. And I was like, why am I going? And then probably about 45 minutes into while I'm still there, I'm like, why am I still here? <laughs> like, this is taking so long <laughs> while I'm going through this, like, thing. And I'm like, oh, this for a note? You know, and that's, like, all I'm thinking. And so I finally finished up. He's like, okay, um, you know, here's my note. And he said he'll give me, you know, go over everything, give me the, the stuff later. Um, so I got the results and it was like Asperger's, but they wanted me to see someone else outside to talk to about that. So I did that same thing. And here I am. No, no, <laughs> and I, it, it, it's just like, I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't like agree with it. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I heard of it before. Um, but I didn't like, I just thought it was just another name for like anxiety but it's like just like just my luck even my anxiety is weird <laughs> like yeah, it's just like yeah. that's me you know like oh you know just me so I didn't I didn't think about it I didn't know much about it I didn't go home and go read about it I didn't, didn't really back then none of that no nothing yeah. it was just like I'm 18 I'm in college and you're I'm already struggling with college but I'm just sitting here in college by myself in a, in a place that three hours from home surrounded by all these 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 college students and I need to kind of fit in mm-hmm. I need to you know you know you know it's already weird when you're you're walking out of the dog on psych service building like because you go in there weekly you know or you know people you know so you're just like uh I didn't it's not an easy way to blend is it (laughs) yeah you know and I didn't let anyone know it was just like Mm -hmm. at that time uh well do you think having I I was just gonna say sorry to interrupt you do you think having the the label um at that time did it really even do anything for you I mean it didn't change much I would guess it just was another label that you had maybe it was later in life that you're like oh okay I guess I can see now why I did some of the things I did as a kid or whatever, but I can't imagine it changed the way you live much because, you know, you were a college student, no. you were doing great. And, um, 
it just maybe it helped you compartmentalize yeah. your feelings and things that going on with you but I didn't really think about it at all. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I got the note and it was just like I got my note for class and that's all they that's all they needed. Like note for class and I took the papers they gave me and I literally put it in a in, in a drawer. <laughs> and like so I, I wrote a I wrote a poem about that. I was like I like when I was diagnosed and I was like, you know, you hide your diagnosis within and then you hide it within dresser the drawers. And it was something like that in paraphrasing. I can't remember how I went. And then so like a lot of people thought it was like a metaphor or something. And I was like, no, I literally put took my papers <laughs> and I put it in a drawer. Like I literally put it in a drawer and, yeah. and under clothes. And I, I left it there. Um and then I had I I, I did a follow-up with with the, the psychiatrist outside of I think it was a psychiatrist, I don't remember. But outside of school. And didn't even want to do that. But I don't know why I mean, you tell me to do something. The doctor's telling me, you know, hey, go do this. So I went and did it. Just kind of like how I sat through about two hours of something because it was going to give me a doctor's note. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go. Uh, and I didn't do anything with that. I just added it to the previous diagnosis paper. It didn't. I knew something was, I don't want to say, like, it didn't much change how I did things. Mm-hmm. It was like I still um, was me. I still had, uh, you know, my medicines and, and and the ways that I um, maneuvered about campus and 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 how I I did things. I probably, if I would have um, investigated uh, that diagnosis more, I would have understood why I did what I did, but mm-hmm. I didn't. And, and I told like, no one, I, I told my grandma and I told uh, my husband, I met my husband in college and I didn't know what I told him. I remember like, reading about I that. Him, it was kind of funny. I, like, I, just, I, I like met him and I'm like, <laughs> why is he still hanging around? Right. And so like, I'm thinking, you know, that's gonna, I think in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I tell him and he go run, you know, but then I'm like, <laughs> like now, when I think about it in the back, he probably didn't even understand what it was either, because I didn't. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm just sitting here saying, hey, they tell me I have Asperger's. No. He's like, okay, <laughs> cool. You know, yeah. and I'm just like, he probably didn't even really, like, know what that was. Right. And, and I didn't know really what it was fully or what it meant and or anything like that. And, um, yeah, it was only two that knew. And then, like, kind of, like, later on and, you know, my friend, I would tell my friends, like, you know, uh, and I think I made a couple of friends, and that was, like, it's kind of cool, mm-hmm. and, and, um, but mostly I made friends with, with my husband's friends, and that made it easier to hide it somewhat, because it was, or ignore it, really, because I was like, hey, yeah, friends, mm-hmm. and that was probably the only thing I knew about Asperger's really it was like just socially it's hard socially mm-hmm. we weren't good <laughs> you know so I'm like but I have friends <laughs> it must be okay you know but yeah I didn't really think anything about it I didn't take the time to learn more about it I didn't I didn't do anything with it it was just like hide it mm-hmm and then my son got diagnosed when he was 17 months. That's 
probably around the time I started thinking about it more, mm-hmm. I'm like sure. more deeply. And um, yeah, because you kind of, you know, you kind of like faced with it. You know, it's kind of like. Mm-hmm. It just resurfaced, Holy even cow. if you buried it, like all of a sudden autism is coming up again. Um, so it was yes. Aiden is like Aiden's your oldest. He's 15. You said yeah. um, he was diagnosed at 17 months. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's 17 months. And it's interesting because um, all three of you, you and both of your sons, have different forms of autism on the spectrum. They're, you know, at different oh, yeah. places. So I can't even fathom what that's like to navigate. But um, Aiden, um, let's talk about Aiden first since he was your first. So, like me, yeah. your first child is autistic. And, um, you know, I-, I would consider, I don't even know if it's, we're allowed to use the words anymore. I'm so tired of being told like what words I can and can't use, but I consider my son severe. Yeah. He's nonverbal. He's 19. He's, um, you know, he needs help with every single thing, uh, uses communication, uh, like spelling boards and things to talk or whatever. So he's similar to Aiden, I would think. So Aiden has never uttered a word, correct? He is, has always been nonverbal. He had words. Okay. He was, he was 17 months. He, he was diagnosed at 17 months and then he started ECI. Um, and that's early childhood intervention. intervention yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was um I forgot what I was gonna say. I got lost. It was it was it was so weird. We were sitting, I was sitting with my mom one day and we were um an autism speaks commercial came on and I was back when I was like watching TV all like kind of in and mm-hmm. they were like on like yeah almost every commercial break and it was just like they were giving you all like the symptoms and like red flags and like things and they were like and it's one in five hundred at the time I mm-hmm. think it was him mm-hmm. it was down and, and my mom was like what do you think about this you should call and see I'm like oh sweet we ended up calling um to try to see what we could do like uh, and they referred us to ECI, and then he he got in with with them, and then they helped set up uh, getting um, seeing a a psychologist with the state, um, and then they also put in a referral for him to see a developmental pediatrician at the same mm-hmm. time, because you know they had a wait list. Yeah, like, it was like nine months or something for mm-hmm. the developmental pediatrician, but someone canceled and we were able to get in nice. like in two weeks or something. And I'm like, holy crap, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, he had, they were teaching him sign language and, and things. Um, but he, he had like three words. It was like buy ball and um, uh Oh, well, I guess that's two words. <laughs> Two words. Funny. <laughs> I never know if that's one or two words, yeah. but he said, "Uh oh, no, uh oh, buy a ball," and he started school, and then he like lost all that. He just did not say anything after that. Um, and he didn't, and he stopped signing. Mm. So he was doing some signs and stuff, and then he stopped signing when he started school and us keep and we were still working with ECI after that and still working with the um speech therapists and 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 everything nothing changed with on our end um with what we were doing but school just was different and he just 
stopped and he hasn't said anything since like every once in a while you might hear something like um mama every once in a while i think one time he said jojo and that was like several over the years Mm -hmm. but pretty much nothing he doesn't he doesn't say words Mm -hmm. like so but yeah he um when was he introduced to the aac because i know that's like his his lifeline he his uses that very quite a bit. first time using it was introduced when he was in speech therapy and he was like four oh, okay. they showed him up showed him proloquo i think around the time it was newer it was mm-hmm. new then because i think proloquo is the oldest um one that's an aac app um and that was what he was introduced to it on and um the therapist worked with him on it for about six weeks or so mm-hmm. before she felt like it was too much for him he can't really do it and they went back to doing like pecs and um other stuff and uh you know i would create him binders and mm-hmm. and you know cut out all the board maker pictures and and, and you know velcro them and laminate them and all that and put it in a big old binder and it's so have you know something to um use since we didn't have an ipad and we didn't have uh this app and uh therapy didn't feel like he was ready for it so you know we kind of listened to them and um we listened to them for several years <laughs> and even though we were kept trying we were like you know i think he can he can try and we try and it was just always like no he's not ready he doesn't understand it um and then i was just like oh my gosh but we couldn't afford one we mm-hmm. couldn't even afford a used ipad we couldn't and we definitely couldn't afford the app because protocol is so you know, expensive yes it's yeah it's still it was like expensive. yeah 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 it's about the same price it was i know no <laughs> like, that doesn't make like, any sense it didn't like, it didn't change I you know, know and stuff but they, i mean they got a new one out like pro is cheaper um but and that's the one we have now we're trying to work that one out um but he didn't uh, you know and and i think around the age of nine eight or nine i was like oh my gosh we need to get on this like better or like full time or you know and, mm-hmm. and I can't remember I know we ended up applying for autism speaks iPad program mm-hmm. thing they had um like a grant uh you know and they gave out 25 iPads um so it's felt odd to me I was like this organization was so big and they only gave out 25 yeah. but I applied and I had no expectations but he won one oh, and I nice. was like okay, okay. cool and we got it, but we couldn't afford the app. Oh, <laughs> so we were just kind of like, okay, you would we think have to give it to you loaded the with the app that you need. I know, right? It was just like, uh, it, was, it was so many years ago. It was just like, I gave you the iPad and, and it was nothing. You had to get the app. Um, so we were trying like the free apps or and, and, and things like that. But it took us a long time for us to you know, be able to use it um, the way that we could, because we didn't, we couldn't afford the app. So we, we kind of like asked family members and stuff to like help donate and mm-hmm. and uh, get us the app. And then we finally got it. And I don't know what happened with that. I've had broke. I don't know if he broke it or he was, but we, we couldn't afford to get it fixed. 
Oh no. So then the next the next year rolled around and they had it again and I applied again. I was like, who knows? We never know. And then he won it again. I was like, oh crap. And so then we had two. One was like broken. We didn't at that time we didn't know nothing about iPads. We didn't mm-hmm. know. We thought if it was broken, it was done. <laughs> I, was, I was like, but then someone told me you can get it fixed. Yeah. I was like, oh. So we got it fixed. And then he had two. And I'm going to like therapy and to school and I'm like, here's an iPad now, here's an app. We we're ready, he can use it at school. And and then they were like, No. What? You know, he's not ready. He can't do it. And it was just, oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. But I still listened to them because I was like, they know. They're the the professionals. They Mm -hmm. got this. They understand. They did not get it. And then after some time, you know, I just got frustrated and I just said, I'll do it on my own. And that was like around, you know, he was like 11 or so. And I'm just like, I'm just going to try. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I still don't. That's usually but how we I'm are. Still trying. <laughs> and 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 I'm trying and I'm trying to help him, you know, like, you know, get through it and navigate it and learn it. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I didn't know anything about apraxia until recently, mm-hmm. probably like two years ago. And once I learned more about that, then I started to be able to help him a little bit more with it. Mm-hmm. And now he's getting much better with using the um using the ipad and stuff he's still not where you know he's completely like open with with using the ac not you know where he's giving us like full sentences and and you know telling us everything your thoughts and feelings but it's i feel like we've made a lot of progress in the last like 18 months or so Mm -hmm. and um well it takes time it takes a lot of time i'm curious yeah why, why did they why were they so adamant that he couldn't do it was it his body like his you know just using his hands and his body to navigate around or did they think he wasn't intellectually capable of you know asking I think it was for both. what he wants that's terrible I hate that I think it was <laughs> just, both I get so frustrated it was um because he has the diet he has a diagnosis of intellectual disability as well mm-hmm. and then I think they used that as well as um how he would work with them and and they didn't ever really like consider like the environment and stuff and I didn't think they actually like believed me mm-hmm. when I was saying hey he's really tapping these he's asking for this cup plus he's asking for straw and ice and all these things with you know with this he's doing this he's scanning the 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 board mm-hmm. with these choices and looking and he would go to the therapy sessions or the school and he wouldn't do it as much with them and that's what they felt like they were saying they were going off of that and I'm like well maybe because y'all don't really like believe what he's capable of yeah. and they kept shortening his board now I didn't know how big his board was supposed to be but I felt maybe he should have more choices on yes to choose from. yes yes and they kept shortening the board down to where it only had like two folders one was like food and one was like drinks oh no three and another one was like toys or something it was just that was it I'm like but what if he doesn't want food drink or right. toys? I said the same thing for like, years <laughs> like, like maybe there's something else in there I know he's you know I don't expect him to like you know have the full board at you know since he's just starting it and and just go you know hey I I you know 
want to go to the park and swing on the swings and then run around the track and and they're like like that yet but I want the option like to be there so he knows and he's like looking at it and he can play around with it right like, you know and 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 you know push all mm-hmm. these you know buttons and, and and have fun with it and and things like that but they didn't even want to like try you know and at first he wasn't good at pushing the the buttons on an iPad or he didn't even want to touch it and I'm like how do I get him to do that so I just started putting games on there just to see which ones you know he might like and and then putting I know he likes music so games that have music and I know he likes puzzles so puzzle games and um some cause and effect games so he knows that when you you're pushing this button something's gonna happen and there was one game on there I forgot what it was but it had um different scenes in the house and like if you push the light switch then the light would come on or um you push the the blender and then it would blend and like make the smoothie cool. or something or open the fridge and so it's like different things so he's like associating pushing up that when he pushes that button that something happens and so we would add those types of games and just something like he can get used to touching the the ipad and so just kind of building his you know his comfort up mm-hmm. with with using that and i just didn't think that the therapists and schools uh wanted to try mm-hmm. that much and so that was kind of um frustrating so now it's just you know, me and, and, and my husband, and we're just trying to do it alone, really, and just getting help from, like, the community and, and trying to help us help, you know, help him find mm-hmm. a way to uh, communicate with the world that he's most comfortable with. And that's kind of like where to we're you at. guys. That's awesome. I mean, it always yeah. ends up, every story I hear, I swear, it ends up the parents that uncover something or figure something out because... You're with them so much, you know yeah. your kid better than anybody. And um, I think that is brilliant. Those game ideas. I may try that. Skylar struggles with an iPad too. He just doesn't want to hold it. And he just his motor control, he swipes across the whole board instead of tapping one thing. He doesn't mean to do that, but it's just been yeah. Our kids and are just not raised on us. games and Game Boys and stuff. So I, he doesn't really have much interest in it, but I'd like him to because I'd like him to not have to entertain him all the time by myself. I'd rather he entertain himself, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's something we'll have to work. That's out. what we thought too. But we we're gonna try. We were like, you know, he might. Let's start with games. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like too much for him. Maybe the the board and like all these pictures and stuff. Maybe that's boring to him. Maybe he doesn't like it yet. You yeah. know, so it's feeling like he can't do it. Like instead of them saying that like, he can't do it, maybe it's just that's boring right now. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe it's you know, he wants to do something else. And so let's try something else. So we tried different games that, that, you know, like different cause and effect games, you know, like you push this button, this happens, you push this button and this happens, you push mm-hmm. this button and this happens. And, you know, and there's this game, he really loved to play this music. It was called a uh, pocket pup. They totally changed how it is now, but it, back when he had it, it was like this puppy and you take care of the puppy you know, when the puppy gets tired and, you know, you push the button and it's like, he goes to sleep, night-night or something. Or if he wants to play, let lets you know he wants to play. You push the button and you're playing with him Aww. or 
her and or you're feeding him or you know like you know like back in the day like you know the the tamagotchis i remember that yeah yes i had so many tamagotchis (laughs) (laughs) but but it's kind of like that like the the pet you know he'd get hungry and you feed him he's sleepy you know he's you know if he doesn't feel well you know you push him out so you're He's showing him like how he can take care of the the puppy and stuff, and so that kind of helped with, you know, like generalizing that into using like the iPad. And then I was just kind of like ripping and running all over the house. So like if he pushed like car, then I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to the car, you know, or like you know if he pushed like ball, I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna go get this ball. Like it didn't matter what he pushed. I was like just trying to mm-hmm. like you know like hey, you did this, so yeah. that means we're gonna go do this. So. And I think that that helped a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. Well, so then um, two years later, you had Josiah, who you guys call Jojo. um, And (laughs) when did you kind of discover he was on the spectrum also? Same age range, uh, same kind of uh, characteristics, I guess. It's a little bit later for for Jojo. He was like eight and it was more like, you know, I started suspecting things around like 13, 14 months, but then I was like, Uh It was all, they were all like, wait and see, wait and see. And um, JoJo was more around the age of like three. Okay. Like three or so. Mm-hmm. And his doctors were like, well, wait and see, wait and see. <laughs> even with the family even history? Worse. That doesn't make yeah. sense. And like, <laughs> I feel like that's the worst thing doctors can tell you. Mm-hmm. It's just wait and see and wait and see. And you were like, okay, we'll wait we'll see <laughs> you know and it wasn't until like he was like six and I was like I ain't waiting no more we gotta figure like what you know he talked but it was only to us he never said a word at school never and Not how long did that word. go on I thought I read in one of your blogs um that it was like nine or ten he the whole time to talk. okay so nine even- or ten he started to talk with other people outside of Oh, okay, like, so it was just his immediate and, and, family yeah. up until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was us, and it was like you know my sister, his cousin, uh, you know my gra- my mom, um, his grandma, things like that. But even that was kind of it was like a build up to him wanting to talk more, um, with them. But school, no one heard his voice. He he won spelling the script spelling bee thing in his in his school for his whole school. He went to regionals, and he didn't even speak to do that. They accommodated him by letting him spell the write it, the letters and stuff, and and that's how he. And that was like in third grade, so he was like beating out like middle schoolers and everything with spelling, and he just never spoke one word at all he one thing he did that I was like oh my gosh we're just gonna go get him um evaluated as well as we would go to his school it was around like he was like four or five and if he was missing something or if he needed something he wouldn't just tell us even if we were with him with open house he would take his finger and he would put it in the air and he would air right like we could see it and I'm like, I can't see what you're saying. And he would just keep, you know, writing in the air. And I'm like, I, you know, we give him a pen and a paper uh, to write something down. And then that's when he would write it. If he needed something to tell his teacher and he really 
wanted it, we would find these notes in his backpack. Like he'd write the note like at age five and stuff. He was he's always been so good with like like words and 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 things like that. He would tell his teacher Josiah. He'd write like third person. <laughs> Josiah left his book at school. Can you please give it back? And then he put it in the the note. He'd give the teacher notes, and he would, and that's how he would like communicate. But that's only if it was something that he really needed at the time. Like he felt like he like that book or, um, uh, like a yeah, mostly books. He mm-hmm. would leave or or lose or uh, things like that. But he didn't speak. He didn't um connect with the other uh kids he always looked like he had the same like facial expression at school and he always looked mad but he wasn't mad he just was you know there and you could tell he was just like a ball of nerves there all day just Mm -hmm. anxiety and he would tell us it was too noisy or too bright um and he couldn't think and so we were like we need to try and get him some accommodations as well at school while he it was while he were waiting for him to uh be evaluated because we wasn't thinking you know autism again you know like it was just we, we were thinking something mm-hmm. like you know is it really severe anxiety he's having um and we 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 didn't you know know and you have all these people in your ears and mm-hmm. you know you got family and stuff he's not he doesn't have autism he talks <laughs> you know, you're like and, uh so did i <laughs> at least you could relate right. to him right because you know you yeah in some ways and that's yeah that's why i was like okay we need to get him more you know, it wasn't until Joe's Jojo that I started to think more about my own. Mm-hmm. That because sense. Aiden, it, he was so different. And it was just like, I could still be able to not fully like confront my own and still kind of still navigate life the same way I've always been doing. Um, you know, and have my, my, my mini meltdowns and sometimes big ones over the years. But you know, I still didn't feel like I needed to face it yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't JoJo, but JoJo was so much like me. And it was yeah. just like, and I flew under like the radar for like so long. And I didn't want him to 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 go that way as well, flying under it. Mm-hmm. And um so I was like, we just need to get him looked at. Let's go. And we took him to like three different people because we knew that if he was anything like me, that it might, he might need more, um, I don't want to say proof, but more diagnosis, mm-hmm. more from different people. Yeah, more opinions. And um, yeah, you know, and, and, I don't know why I thought that at the time. I didn't have anything to base that on, but I'm glad that I did because it's like when because now you know that I 
I definitely know that I was lucky to get my diagnosis straight out first on right ever, right there. You know, it was suspected when I was like 14, 15. Mm -hmm. We didn't really pursue it any further than that. And then I have, it's the first doctor I see at 18 and then he gives it to me. And Mm -hmm. then the second one. Um, But I know that's not the case for a lot of, of people especially a lot of other black and brown people were diagnosed later and, and, and less believed and misdiagnosed when we are diagnosed. And so I, I, I wasn't thinking about that then when I was like, we need to get more. I think in, the, in my head, I was thinking that I needed to prove like to family mm-hmm. who kept saying this. So if I could just be like, this is what this doctor said, this is what this doctor said, and this is what this doctor said. And so that's what we did. We went to a he had a developmental pediatrician uh, diagnose him. We did a psychologist, a clinical psychologist um, outside of that. And then we did a pediatric neurologist. <laughs> Went through every win we could. Yeah, those are all the best and ones. It was, mm-hmm. And it was the same same diagnosis. These different processes. Mm-hmm. One, um, one even came up to the school to observe and, and see how he was, how he was, or they sent someone out to observe and, and took it back, um, how he was at school. And, and there we go. Here we are. And I was like, I, eh, that one hit me hard. Aiden hit me hard, but that one hit me like hard because I felt more guilt. Like, I think it like, I cried after Aiden was diagnosed, and I cried after JoJo too, but it was like hard, because I was mad at myself, because I felt like I knew, right, like in the back of my head, I knew, and then I let the doctors tell me to wait, wait, or listen to family, wait, and I'm like, I knew at like age three, mm-hmm. like maybe a little bit before three, and like I knew something, and and I didn't listen, and that was like probably one of the lower points of you know our journey or my journey um with them and I think that's around the time when I I needed I made the decision to like think more about my own diagnosis Mm -hmm. and what that means for me instead of trying to like pretend that everything was like fine and things it was right it was around the time where I knew it wasn't like I knew that I had a lot of things that I was doing to um appear okay mm-hmm. um and and you know and and hide a lot of things and and I was like I just need to you know find a way to sit with the feelings that I have around my own diagnosis or if or you know or not (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing it right now and I need to and so I'm a big believer that our our kids are um that they go through things that are hard for us as parents to witness but it's always ultimately to tell us something too about ourselves I've learned more from Skylar than I could even imagine teaching him in his lifetime, he has taught me so much about myself and my ability to be resilient or, you know, patient, which is not a strong trait of mine. Um, So, you know, maybe that was kind of just it. You and Jojo kind of can bond in that way. 
Um, I was going to ask, I mean, you know, you can relate to each other and you kind of have that special thing. I mean, he, he totally roasts you all the time, which I think is hilarious that he has that sense of humor with you, but (laughs) at 13 now, does he still not really talk much at school or has he kind of grown out of that? If you, if you will. We homeschool now. We we took them out when, I think we took him out when he was like 10. Okay. He's like, or maybe nine. Gotcha. It's been so long. I started to go half a day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how well I could do it. <laughs> you know, like if, if I, I felt like I needed to ease myself into like homeschooling. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, half a day. Let's see how it goes. And then um, go from there. Gosh, and then I ended up <laughs> uh, just fully pulling them out, just saying, boom, yank it, let's go. And so I do it full time. Wow. And then I learned, you. you know, how to, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be, hard. It, it, it's still hard at times. It's still challenging, but I had to get out of the mindset of um, teaching them the way that schools do, mm-hmm. like, and going through that. I think probably one of the only few things that I like about Texas is that it's very free in what you can do with school. Like, we don't even have to keep records, but I do. We don't even have to teach science, but I still do, because if he wants to go to college he needs that um so it's just like we only have to teach like five subjects Mm -hmm. and um but we don't have to keep records we don't have to like so it just needs to we didn't have to have a specific curriculum to follow but it had to be one but it could be your own either you Mm -hmm. can you can come up with it on your own but as long as it had like materials you could reference back to as you create it and and so at first I was like oh it has to be just like school so you have to get up at this time and it has to be like eight hours and it has to be like and then I learned over time I'm like you know it's only eight hours at school because they have so many kids to teach (laughs) yeah and they have it's like you can really learn a lot that you need to learn within like three hours and then you can also do you know learn with life and and so I I you know adapted their schedules and 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 everything in, in it, you know, I do eight in the school in the morning for like three hours, two, three hours, and JoJo's in the afternoon, so they're not at the same time, and so that helped, because at first I was trying to do the same time, mm-hmm. I was trying to help anything switch over to like, oh crap, no, I can't do it, and so like now I, I it's at different times and of the day, and we only do it four days, and the fifth day we just we do field trips or we go somewhere or we watch you know they have a lot of um museums and stuff mm-hmm. where you could do like virtual field trips too so you could just like kind of like well that's cool um but yeah it, it's just jojo talks more now even mm-hmm. to people like outside of here still trying to figure out the kid thing he's still kind of like apprehensive about talking to other kids and stuff he wasn't talking to any adults like at all mm-hmm. <laughs> like and now he does he um talks more with my mom and he talked with her before but it's like long like conversations like um he's working on a family tree and uh, he has like his ancestry account and you can like reach out to uh different people who's on the tree like he is literally doing that on his own like he is te- he's messaging different family members and saying hey do you know this about this and um you know, and then he'll, they'll contact and, and, you know, they'll send their phone numbers. And then I'm like, he'll ask me if we can call him and talk to him. And then we, you know, call, he's talking and he's just like, 
I didn't even like this is like beyond anything that we thought would happen that fast we knew it would like I didn't think he was gonna you know just stay his whole life just talking to us but I thought that it might have took taken a little bit more time to get to that point now we're just working on um you know helping his brother find his best way to uh, Mm -hmm. communicate and I'm confident we'll get there we'll get you know help him you're very determined (laughs) very you know any way that I can help any way I can help Mm -hmm. him and document that that journey and help others as well is that's what I'm trying to do is just trying to help you know other parents and and other um you know uh, autistic people just trying to kind of navigate through all of this yeah. all of these systems and, and all of this this world is very hard and so you know any help that people could give is 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 like an amazing thing mm-hmm. you know, that's the one benefit like, of social well, media i mean sometimes it's it's not a, a fun yeah. place to be because people are not always Definitely. nice but i've learned a lot from every account i follow and i learn little pearls along the way every day and um you know obviously that's how i i learned about your book so it's a great segue of of helping people um so yeah you know i know you're a big writer and um advocate and you, you know, do all the things you can to help in your community and beyond your own family. But, um, you know, your children's book, it's called a day with no words. It releases on Amazon May 9th. I saw, um, so what, I mean, that's such a great addition. We need more and more books, but children's books specifically. So other peers and oh, yeah. kids can understand, but, um, you know, what was your main motivation for writing this book? Um, hey, Simon and Schuster editor, actually. Oh, really? It okay. was, um, I wrote that post about, um, our family's no talk days. That's what we call them. And, um, it was inspired by something Jojo said one year. And he was just like, you know, why don't we just, why don't we talk? He was young. Um, talk like Aiden talks, you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then it kind of, you know, we started off small and, and like a couple of hours a day on, um, where we didn't talk at all. We just kind of used the, um, iPad and, um, we only had one iPad at the time, but so it was iPad or like writing or like drawing, um, pictures to communicate with each other, uh, without using words. And then we spread it out into the community and we went out wherever we would go a grocery store or mcdonald's or whatever and not talk communicate um and then it just kind of grew to 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 something like our family did more frequently and then as we got more you know apple devices you know it was easier for us to be able to just you know i'll do it so i wrote about it i wrote about these are the days we do this is why we do them uh this is how we do them and I'm not really like expecting anything. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, just something that was going to be information. And uh, that post just like took off, you know, <laughs> it's still on my page. I don't know what, you know, but it like, it like, it took off. It was shared like a gazillion times and it was just, and it was, um, that was when an editor 
reached out to me not too long after that. I, I honestly forgot I wrote the post. And she asked, you know, hey, um, I would like to know if you want to write a children's book. And I was like, children's book was not on my radar, radar, radar <laughs> at mm-hmm. the time. I, I didn't want my first book to be a children's book. I don't know why. I just, I knew I wanted to write a children's book. I just didn't know if I wanted to be my first one. I had other books in my head, like that was taking up space. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, I can try. And then she sent me this post, the post that I wrote. She said, can you write a book about this? And I was like, oh, okay, maybe, I don't know. So, you know, we had some back and forth meetings and emails. Um, and then, so I sent her like the first kind of like draft of it and like, she didn't like it. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. So sent it back and then she sent me, gave me um, some feedback on the types of books that she was thinking about. And then, so I go and I read those types of books and I'm like, okay. So then I try to rewrite it that type of way. And then I didn't hear back from her for like several, several months. Mm-hmm. And then I reached out to the people they, she said we can reach out to if we don't reach her. And then she finally reached back and, you know, and said she had a lot of life things going on and like switches. I was like, okay, I understand. And um, still didn't hear back. So I'm just like, I'm just going to like assume that she just did not care for whatever was going on. Um but the children's book stuck in my head. So it just, it stayed there. And I was like, hmm, okay. I still want to do it. And so I, will, uh, I started writing it and I didn't really like it. But then I was like, <laughs> I'm still going to do it. And so I didn't even fully have a book yet. And I was like, I'm doing this, whether I'm self-publishing or not. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, all these publishers and editors, they're on social media. Mm -hmm. They are looking for people. And I was like, I'm going to find one. If I don't, that's okay. I'm still Mm -hmm. self-publishing this book. And so that's what I made the mission to do is just try to get recognized by someone and at the same time, still try and self-publish it if I needed to. And it worked out for me. I looked up and, um, you know, a publisher, publishing house reached out to me. Well, several did, but a lot of them wanted animals as the characters. And I can't, mm. didn't want to do that. No. So I didn't, that was like the biggest thing. I was like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I signed on with, 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 with Row House and then their distributor happens to be Simon and Schuster. And ah, like, look at that. Full circle. You know, <laughs> so that, like, I didn't have this, like, you know, hey, um, I want to do this children's book because of this like you know moment it was just she put that she planted that seed in my head and then I just felt more free Mm -hmm. when I was able to when I did that first publisher meeting I was like hey I have an idea for this book and I gave her the idea and she was like okay but I did not write that thing at all yet like I didn't write it all didn't know what I was going to do and 
but I had more freedom and that, I think that took so much weight off of me mm-hmm. like I didn't feel like I had to make it like something else or I didn't have to do all these like different things and so I was like I'm free to write as like <laughs> I write and so I wanted this book to like it only had 600 words I could only do 600 words and I needed to pack as much as I could into 600 words into that book. So everything had to mean something Mm -hmm. because I wanted to make not only autism, but this specific type of autism, Mm -hmm. what you see in this book, I wanted it to be more visible to people outside of this community, as well as within this community, because not gonna lie because those within this community they do have a really difficult time with amplifying the voices of non-speakers yes. and their families and that's a problem <laughs> and I wanted I wanted a book that was going to be um relatable and uh, to those within this community but also those outside of this community right. and I think that we also have an issue with not recognizing that we need outside help absolutely like we can't do it alone and um and we are going to need teachers and parents and researchers and 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 professionals and legislators and you know everybody you know we need all of us to help and so i wanted to write a book that was going to reach the children and also reach the parents that read to them and also reach the teachers that will read to them Mm -hmm. the librarians everybody that could come into contact with this book I wanted them to know more about those like Aiden Mm -hmm. and how they could help and I wanted to give them a way to help because a lot of times people want to help and they don't know how so I wanted it to serve as a call to action too this book had to be that like all you have to do is go into your community and communicate with no words it costs you nothing Mm -hmm. and you're starting to normalize communication outside of speech if we start to see that more then there will be more people that will be more accepting of someone like Aiden when he comes across their way about like oh I'm used to this now oh everybody sees an iPad around but they look at my son negatively because he's holding an iPad or he's wearing one on a strap. Like mm-hmm. he's never seen an iPad before, but now it's like when he's judged now mm-hmm. because he has an iPad. Oh, this kid's just always on this iPad or he's playing on his mm-hmm. iPad. And then not realizing that this is how he communicates. This is what he um, uses to, to inform the world of his needs. And the more people that do this, you know, the better, the less judgment, like that's the, 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 the goal you know and I wanted to challenge people's um thinking you know and and especially with the title and that was something that we went back and forth with my publisher on I was like oh no about the title you know but I wanted it to be a, a challenge to people's thinking you know mm-hmm. so like a day with no words but you read the, and I'm like my son knows words he doesn't speak them but he knows them <laughs> you know but and then you go and you read the book and throughout that book all we're using is words like even there's a section in the book where he says um he pushes buttons on a tablet that speak his words. Mm-hmm. And, um, but one of the main things that people ask us after they learn that Aiden doesn't speak, they'll say, so he doesn't know words. Yeah, they so always think our kids are, are dumb. So he doesn't, yeah. and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. 
And so I was like, perfect title then. So he has day with no words. You read this book and we're using words throughout this book. We just aren't speaking them. And then at the end, provide an author note. And like, so how did you feel when you read the title? And then now how do you feel after you've read the book? And then now you recognize that we used all these words and that, you know, so it's just like, so I included an author note in there um, that I hope can help like guide parents and teachers and, and, um, you know, in having, you know, more conversations uh, about how to treat people who, you know, are different and that mm-hmm. different isn't bad um, and difference neutral. And, um, you know, just something that I wanted this book to do so many different things and to only have 600 words and to have Kate, who's an amazing illustrator of this book. Yeah, those weave pictures are beautiful. the words mm-hmm. into like, all the things I don't have you seen the book yet I have seen pieces of it pages of it and um, Amazon does a good job of um kind of the overview too but I agree with you I think I can send you I'll send you the arc um for it but she did a really good I I don't you they won't be able to see this (laughs) I love the illustrations Um, and how visible his AAC is and it's it's beautiful yeah so oh that's so nice she was able to put the um that was one of the biggest things was like throughout this book I wanted there to just like the words words had to pop out like they're there it's just he's not speaking them Mm -hmm. he's just he's just tapping them or typing them or um and that's what I wanted this book to do or show I was trying to find that one page where she has everything flying off and stuff so she like how she has the birds flying off it, it, like everything had to mean something in this book because there there couldn't be no wasted space you don't have enough right. time you know you don't have enough like things and I was yeah. like it had to like a picture and I just hope that this book can help so many um people and 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 I was like, yeah, it's my first gift to the world. And all this. I'm super nervous about kind of it. Hooked on it don't you? <laughs> I love, I'm yeah. an author too. And I, I love, I'm working on my second one now. And I just, it's hard. I mean, the process, people don't realize the process is really hard. Not just the writing, but finding publishers, finding editors, finding cover art and just all the things. And there's more negatives yeah. and more turn, you're turned down more than you're accepted for things. It's a very yeah. tough business, but. If you enjoy writing, it's very hard. You're passionate. So hard. <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> keep pushing. It's it's so hard. Keep going. If you're yeah. writing, keep going. It's yeah. just like and 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 it's so hard. And I, it didn't matter if I had a publisher or not. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to write a book. It's yeah. going to be put out. It might have took me a little longer. It might have looked a little different. It might have whatever. It was coming out. I just happened to get lucky and or and 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 have this opportunity. But it was going to get put out. Well, I think it's going to do everything that you wanted to do. I think it will do. Um, I can't, I I can only highly encourage everyone to go and get it. I am such a big believer in children's books. um, And I will um, link up just what I know about it because this will release um, before your book is coming out. But again, it's May 9th on Amazon. um, A day of nowhere. It's on Amazon. It's at, it's everywhere really yeah but it's you know you can get it anywhere wherever you you feel your local bookstore mm-hmm. your um, target has it walmart has it barnes and noble bookshop 
everywhere. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere. And if you're overseas, um, book depository, they ship free worldwide. So mm-hmm. they, it's there too. It's just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I have a website, um, a day with no words.com. Okay. So you can we'll link find a too. way to pre-order through any retailer you desire and or yeah. you love the most. And, um, and there's a section on there where you can write a letter to Aiden. So he's Aww. been getting like a lot of letters and stuff. And we're going to kind of, we're going to print them out and we're going to like, you know, decorate them and put them in a book. And so when the book comes out, then we're also going to have his, his scrapbook with all his notes and his letters and, and stuff in there too. So he can, you know, have that as well and stuff. But yeah, May 9th and it's on pre-order and I don't have to tell you how much pre-orders like, mean so it's much yeah <laughs> you know, pre-order so it now don't wait <laughs> right yeah if you want it and you're able to get it please pre-order so that it can be in like stores and stuff and yeah and also everywhere. the other big thing that we authors really appreciate is um you putting on amazon or any kind of review we really appreciate mm-hmm. the reviews because the more reviews we get the more people will be drawn to you know how amazon pops up everything like oh yeah might like this book yeah. if you like that book so the more reviews we can get the better because it helps people find our books that haven't heard of it so um yes once you read it definitely well, review <laughs> your, your family is is beautiful and i um i'd love to end with um asking you a question about you guys have so much fun and um particularly like Aiden's birthday and you guys doing the fry contest. How did he oh, yeah. develop his love of fries, which I'm assuming is part of why your name is fidget and fries on Instagram. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love the contest. So for people that aren't familiar, can you kind of explain how that happened and like what you guys do for his birthdays? Yeah. He's, he's loved fries since he was super young. Um, <laughs> It, that is like the one constant that's there um he's very particular about his fries though you can't just feed him anything you know mcdonald's is top tier <laughs> period um you orida if you have to do frozen it has to be orida top tier but under mcdonald's and, and and so no steak fries period doesn't matter where they come from uh and and so he has his his preferences they can't be seasoned um already you know like like checkers or mm-hmm. like the frozen checkers fries or anything like that um but he likes homemade fries and we were like one day we were like hey we should just do like a fry off and just see how that goes so on his birthdays we used to just go around different fast food restaurants and get fries and like you know he had like a fry cake or like fried tower we were like we all make fries different ways you know and so let's try and make him different fries for his birthday and then we'll see which one he likes. And he gets all the fries he wants, but he gets his shoes, you know, which one he likes. And so we started doing that several years ago. And um, his dad pretty much won them all. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, I wasn't going to say that. that. <laughs> I just like, I, I don't know what's happening. Like he, he'll eat our fries. Like he'll eat Jojo's fries. He'll eat mine. But that's if it's on a day where we're only one maybe, but if it's all of us giving him fries, different types of fries, it's always, always chooses his dad's. And that's so sad. 
you're gonna know, win. Like, you're gonna win one of these times. <laughs> I, I, his his birthday is in March this year, and I'm already prepping. I like I'm going to win this year. We're gonna do little trophies this year. We now have this our first year. We're gonna do little trophies. I was like, because I'm winning. That's so right. I can have my trophy. That's right. Stick it up. But he he loves it, and, and the way he chooses is you know whoever's fries he eats finishes. Yeah. Or and and focuses on you know first. So it's just it's yet another example I feel like of of helping people understand that our kids, even though they don't have spoken words, they're always communicating with us. And just watching the video from his 15th birthday and having him take a fry off one plate and kind of make a face and then take a fry off another plate and then grab the entire plate of the fries that he actually yeah. liked. And just hearing you guys all laugh and me, it was just like, yeah. that's what it's about of us acknowledging what our kids are saying, what they like, what they don't like, what they want to do, and just using our gut and just, you know, giving them what it is they need and what they want. It's not a, I don't know. I just worry that sometimes people think that our lives are just so sad and it's like, you know, we just Mm -hmm. never can understand our kids or we baby talk to them all day, which is a whole nother topic, but it's not, it's nothing like that. They're just normal kids. Like anybody else, they just communicate with us a little differently. And we just have to be observant enough to figure out what it is that they're, you know, loving and wanting. And I don't know. So yeah. I, I get a lot of joy watching so the videos. It makes me smile. <laughs> so he's funny. He's a funny kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. He's awesome. <laughs> well, I wish you a million 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 sales on your books and a huge success with with this children's book and future books um i just think it's such a an unmet need and um i'm excited for it to come out i've already pre-ordered mine so um hopefully we hey, can talk about you. it again yes but um good luck i'm to you. excited <laughs> thank you and i can't wait till you read it hopefully you'll videotape reading it to aiden um because i know you had mentioned that you haven't really told him about it much yet because you want to share with him that it's about him and that it's you know yeah i'm trying to think of the best best way Mm -hmm. like i wanted it to be cool and special and i haven't found the way yet and i'm like it's got to be definitely before may 9th i'm still thinking on it like the best way to make it like you know he it's like this is you kiddo and and everything and i'll probably have his his dad is the is the storyteller book reader he's the best at it I you know my kids will tell me I'm not the best <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it might be hell reading it so I'm bad hopefully like I could capture it but I just don't know so it has to be special yeah, it will me. be it will be you'll figure it out working it out yeah but yeah I'm excited and and I hope everybody that reads it loves it as well and that it you know it helps and you know, it makes people feel good and, and it gives yeah. another way to look at, you know, disability and, and, and autism and in, in, in specifically. And yeah, hope it helps. It's going to be a huge teaching tool. It will help. It's funny. I, uh, when my book came, the very, the hard copy came in the mail the day it released or whatever, my son's on the cover and I showed it to him and he just kind of pushed it aside, like whatever. <laughs> like well that's lovely <laughs> that sounds like mine that's what i feel like i feel like that's what Aiden's gonna do and he's just like you no. know whatever it's me I just, 
whatever, move it. They know they're <laughs> famous. They don't care. Like, ah, Thank you so much for sharing your family with us and everybody online. Um, you. If you're not following already, I, I'll mention it and I'll link it up again, but it's Fidgets and Fries is her page and um, you can read all her writing and learn more about her family that way. So thanks again, Tiffany. I appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.